0: Dude, this is why people don't trust you to, to watch their puppies. Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from November 8th, 2020. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church podcast. It is good to be back with you. I am Jay, one of your hosts, and joining me is Robbie. Hello everyone. It is good to have you back, Jay. Yeah. I was gone for a while, a little bit. I missed two podcasts. You
1: did. You did. But the Thinky Contemplatives managed in my opinion. I think I think we did all right. I don't even know what that means, but I heard that you guys did a good job. Oh, thanks. It was fun talking to Jeff. Yeah. Like we should have him on here more often. Yeah. Jeff is that's a whole different vibe it it is indeed it is indeed it's a different type of conversation for sure
0: also um, other other bit of note uh, you so hated my um, beating you in fantasy football that you took it out on my child (laughs) I didn't think we'd we'd get past the podcast without you bringing that up well this is why people this is Robbie like you couldn't just take the defeat. You had to then just destroy my child.
1: I did not destroy him. It was like by two and a half points. It was neck
0: and neck. Say what a, you want. It was a good game. You had the highest point total for the whole week. I think my son had the Part's second true. highest. He had the second highest. Yeah, right. And so only, you was... chose that week, his favorite week, his best week, to crush him. <laughs> it, did.
1: it was. I was that calculating yep. about it. This is why I had, people... to, I had to call in a few favors to some coaches to say, yeah. I'm going to need you to lean heavily on this particular receiver because I have a child's dreams to crush yeah. this week.
0: Dude, this is why people don't Sounds trust you to, like me. to watch their puppies. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. You haven't heard that? I didn't know that was yeah, a thing. Yeah, that's the thing going around the church. If you have a puppy, they say, oh, I need someone to dog sit. Oh, is it a puppy? Yeah, don't let Robbie do it. That's the thing. So this is why. So
1: I hate to change the subject. Do um, you? But the Bible. The Bible. So we, we talked had it. Yeah. yeah, we did on Sunday. Yeah. And I thought it was. Uh, I, I I I thought that I'm going to say that again.
0: <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> I started to say. What one does sentence? Robbie sound like when he's uncomfortable <laughs> with the message? I thought I thought the lighting was good. I thought you sounded clear. Uh, that, <laughs> I thought that was a nice shirt you were wearing. Yeah. it was a really
1: it was a good shirt. No, that's what happens when Robbie's brain short circuits and he can't decide <laughs> between the two things that popped into his head at the same time. Okay. Uh, 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 I we, we had a great follow up conversation afterwards with a, with a couple families um, that were really encouraged by that. Who both felt like it was challenging and also in some ways really really helpful to have the clarity that you provided on some of the terms like submission um was there was there anything that uh you wish in that that you had had more time to unpack or something that you wish you said differently or something that that hit the cutting room but uh now that you have a mic in front of you and a captivated audience for as long as you want you would want to share with us
0: well, that's a big invitation. I, You know, one of the things about this is it's another one of these examples, I think, of this common theme where every culture tends to—I mean, because we are—because sin affects every area of our lives, our culture tends to warp things we see in Scripture. And so every culture— um, kind of lands on, well, this is what this thing means. And so then we just keep going with that and and not always like going back to scripture and, and checking that with it. Um, and, and then what happens a lot of times is when we do that and we kind of get off track and we go to one extreme, then we try to battle that extreme with the opposite extreme. So, in other words, with this, with the whole wives submitting to husbands, that we've seen, especially over the last like 70 years, or, you know, or more maybe, but certainly in the last 70 years, pictures of this being just really abused with the picture of like a domineering husband who treats his wife like another one of the children. And, you know, the kind of the 19. 50s stereotype. Not to say that everybody in the 1950s did that, but that was kind of a stereotype of that. And and so the looking at that and saying, "Well, that that doesn't seem Christ-honoring." And so often the pushback is then to get rid of any of those roles, to go to the to fight one extreme with the opposite extreme. Does that make sense?
1: We're tracking so far.
0: Okay. And so that I mean, because that's so typical for us to do, it's so natural for us to do, I was just hoping to kind of provide that third way of saying, okay, well what is what does scripture actually say in these situations, in these instances? And and I was struck by this of of how often we interchange, submit and obey. And yet both times when Paul gives a, a passage like this and writes a passage like this, both in Ephesians and Colossians, he doesn't, he actually, he doesn't use them interchangeably. He specifically uses the word submit for wives and that children and bond servants are to obey. And so, um, so I think clarifying, what does that actually mean um, ends up, it ends up at neither extreme and it's not even a balance between the two extremes. It's just this third completely different way. Hmm. I think I,
1: that's a yeah. really important distinction that it's not the third way is not always, or, and arguably typically is not the perfect balance between the two erroneous extremes, right? Cause they're wrong. Right. So it's not just enough of this wrong and just enough of that wrong Means that you're you're dead set in the middle. Um, I've heard once, perhaps I thought of this. I don't remember,
0: but two wrongs do not make a right. Jay, um, I but I do think I'm coin that I, we could coin that. But what you just said right there is is the key that that ex- those extremes are actually they're not. It's not taking truth too far. So I don't know that we do any favors by even calling them extremes because that implies. We took a good thing and went too far with it. And I would argue what you just said, which is, no, we actually perverted the good thing and it is now its own wrong thing. Yes. And the answer to that own wrong thing is not a perversion on the other side of that spectrum to move in that direction. There there is no there is no happy medium between two perversions. Hmm. Hmm. No, oh, that's good. And so we need to be able to look at it and say, okay, what is what is it actually asking and so in that study just looking at that whole idea of that cover and that protection and that care um was was critical in that i thought
1: um i i thought you addressing both defining what what submission actually means biblically and what it does not was really helpful i thought your um that That piece of authority does not equal inequality, I think, is a really helpful reminder because that affects us regardless of our family relationships. That affects us at work. That affects us um, politically. That, in fact, like that, multiple aspects of our life um, are touched by that idea. And if we think of that wrongly, we can respond in a really unhealthy way to that. So I I really appreciated that. Um, The one thing that I was hoping for as I was listening to that, and, and I know, you know, we, we would always love to give all of the practical examples on a Sunday morning, but then that's what makes it end up going so very long. So one of the things that I would love, if, you'd, if you're willing to take a little bit of time, um, one of the things you addressed that I thought was also really insightful was that Paul is not telling the husband, tell your wife to submit to you, or even the parents saying, tell your kids to obey you. He's talking in that moment to the husband and then he is speaking to the wife and then he is speaking to the kids that they are they are all individually responsible to walk in that obedience um so so the two questions that came to my mind in that are one well we'll tackle the first one and then i'll ask the second one so how how would you encourage a woman who hears that and and believes that but is married to somebody who who does not believe that submission means submitting under the covering and protection but submission absolutely means to obey and so like the expectation is if you are submitting to me biblically that means you are doing everything that i say how do you encourage the woman who if she agrees with you that paul is speaking to the husband and it's not her job to say no, you're leading me wrong, um, how, how do you do encourage her to respond in that kind of circumstance?
0: Yeah, so this is, this is tricky and delicate and complex, and so we need to kind of walk through this accordingly. Um, I think the first question that I would want to know is, is the husband a professing believer or not? Yeah. So if they are, let's take that example first. Well, let's 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 say if they're not, say that the your husband is not a professing believer. Well, then I think First Peter three is applicable, where he says, "Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct." So in that case, I would say that. Um, wives are to do similarly to what a husband would do in in a situation where you know either time where you have a spouse who's a believer and the other spouse is not is to serve i mean that's the that's essentially the the calling there is to to serve and to love your neighbor as yourself and um to to trust in christ in that service now Again, we have to give the disclaimers because in our culture, people don't always... Those those disclaimers just can't be assumed. We're not talking about an abusive situation where a spouse is, um, is in danger or is uh, being harmed. Um, we're talking about just in the kind of what we would consider typical day-to-day kind of stuff. Um, I, I would say... To, to serve in that and to serve as though like you, cause your submission is actually to Christ and not just to you, not just to your husband. Hmm. So any, anything you would add or, or push back on in that with, with that Robbie, before we move on to the believers?
1: The only, yeah, the only thing that I might add on there is, um, you know, we, we say, obviously we don't mean if it's an abusive situation, um, which I, not only agree with but but also feel like it's worth adding if you if you don't know like if you feel like why well, mm-hmm. this this feels bad to me i don't but i don't know if this would qualify as um you know in particular emotional abuse physical abuse yes. is physical abuse that's pretty objective um but but emotional abuse is is more nefarious can be even more destructive, and but also more nebulous. It's it's foggy. It's it's difficult to know. Like, is this, am I the problem because I just keep screwing up, or is this, is this abusive controlling behavior? And and there, I would just plead if you don't know, if you can't say, this is obviously not abusive behavior. Then I would I would beg that you would reach out. That you would reach out to a pastor, that you would reach out to uh, a dear trusted believing friend, and say, "This is this is what I'm walking through. I I, I need help. What am I am I seeing that I'm not seeing?" Um, and and allow someone to help provide because when we're in the middle of it, it's difficult to see clearly. And but for an outside perspective, for someone to say, um, you know, "Oh, I can understand that being difficult for you, but that's not an unreasonable expectation." Versus having someone say. That is not biblical that is not healthy that is that is not okay and to be able to provide the help that you need and if and if that is the case then we the last thing we want to encourage you to do is just keep on keeping on and right. pray for the best like that needs that requires intervention
0: yeah and I think so that that is critical i'm glad you I'm glad you point that out because so many people don't know and and so you need help in that and that's what the church that's part of you know we're here for that that your elders your pastors um, you know leaders like go and, and, and talk and, and you can do that in a non you know obviously in a non gossipy way in a non divisive way you're just going and asking for help like help me figure out is this is this something that is within the realm of what God would have me walk you know through because there's just it's hard it's hard to discern that if there's anything I've learned in in walking with people through these situations is that the people who are in the situation the circumstance are often the least able to see the seriousness of it um for so many reasons and it's it's sad but yeah um now let's say let's say the person is a believer a professing believer in christ and um so say you have a scenario where the husband believes no you are to obey and they are a professing believer in Christ. Um, well then, then I would say similarly to what you just pointed out, I would say go to like first ask ask your husband to you know to study go to the scriptures together so that you can you know with the spirit of unity with the spirit of I I want us to figure out and to look to God's word to be, to, to have a Christ centered marriage. Um, and so let's, let's do that. Let's do that together. And, um, and if that is, if that's refuted for whatever reason, um, then you're kind of dealing with a, with a Matthew 18 situation, I think.
1: Hmm.
0: And I would encourage, I would encourage a spouse in that situation to seek out counsel from their elders, from the pastors, And, and then at that point, again, similar to the abuse situation really is seeing, is this, is this a, a serious like kind of issue that needs to be confronted and dealt with? Or is this something where, you know, like what, what would, what would be that counsel in there? Um, and then if, if the person, you know, refuses all of that, well, now you're kind of going back to treating as an unbeliever. And so now you're you're back in that in that realm of loving and serving and, um, and kind of walking that road in front of you. Hmm. Um, it, it's a hard thing, man, because you, whenever you, whenever you start talking about these things, you start coming up with scenarios and we all come up with scenarios in our minds and we want we want them all to fit in a nice, neat grid and say, well, if this is the case, then do this. And if this is the case, then do this. But I just want to go ahead and assume that if both spouses are believers, that they would both be submitted to God's word and to um, the the guidance and the care of their local church and that they would be submitted to that and that that is the way forward. What do you think?
1: I I think that it's, I think it's important that you, that you address both of those that it's we're submitted to the word and part of what the word communicates is that we're also in submission to a local body of believers who are who we allow to speak into that situation that um I'm I am not relying entirely on my own interpretation of that um I'm allowing you to come alongside me and say uh Robbie I'm not sure you are interpreting that accurately let's talk through that or even if you are interpreting that accurately the way you are walking in that is not reflecting the gospel and you are certainly not loving your wife in the same manner that Christ loved the church. Like it it needs to be both of those things. Um, it,
0: It needs to be the word and it needs to be our biblical community together. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, especially in a culture that maybe has, has that tendency to assume that Christian submission means this kind of domineering obedience and leadership and headship, um, I think, I think it's really important that we that we do call that out, and we do it gently and in the right time, in the right space, and um, and with the with the assumption, you know, like, you know, when Jesus talks about confronting that, and when Paul talks about confronting your brother, and there's this posture that when you go to confront a brother or sister in their sin. You have a posture of humility and hopefulness. You know that you, that you would win your brother back. That you would that you would that you would be able to kind of lead them in the way of truth. Um, but there's a seriousness with it, yeah. and so we we need to take it seriously, and we need to handle it gently.
1: Oh, I think that's good. So, on the topic of handling things gently, so say. Uh, say I am the husband who is trying to love and lead my family well. I, I hear Sunday's message and, uh, and, and the Spirit acknowledges the truth of the word and, uh, and, and I feel strongly about Jesus' example of servant leadership. Um, and I agree that it is not my job to to tell my children, you must obey me because the Bible says so. And to tell my wife, you must submit because the Bible says so. Um, but they are not on board. What is, what does that look like? Cause as you said, you know, Paul's talking to each individual, but that means each, each portion of that family needs to choose to respond. So the kids right. need to hear that and go, well, yes, I will obey my parents because that gives glory to God. and, and, And the husband says, I will choose to love my wife like Christ loved the church and to honor her. And and the wife says, I will choose to submit under the covering uh, of and protection of my husband. So each of those are making that individual choice. Well, if only one person of that group does that and the other two don't, it's not their responsibility to try to make the others do that. So what, what encouragement would you have for the husband who says, I'm wanting to do that, but my kids are just... They do not want to obey, or my wife just does not trust my leadership, uh, and so how how do I move forward in that?
0: Yeah, that's it's another complex situation, but I think uh, I think it's one being reminded that, as you pointed out, we've pointed out a couple of times, that people are responsible; they're accountable for their own actions, um, but they're also accountable for. For, um, for how they have stewarded the influence that God has, has given them and entrusted them. So God has entrusted me with leading my family, so I'm going to be held accountable for that. If they don't respond to that, then I think my pursuit is still the same as mm-hmm. what it would be. So, um, so things that I want to keep in mind are I want to make it a joy for them to follow me um I want to work to that end. I don't that's why you don't that's why you don't come down like with an iron fist or why you don't subject others. Um, again, if people didn't hear the sermon that's that that term of subjecting others that's something only God does or you know Christ is also said to do that but like the Godhead the the triune God is the only one who can subject others to himself. Everybody else is. We are—it's—it's all on a voluntary basis with one to another, and so, um, so my objectives are still the same. I want to make it a joy for my family to submit and for my kids to obey. I want to serve them. I want to do that by by serving them and loving them and pointing them to Jesus and demonstrating, um, declaring and demonstrating the good news of Jesus to them. Um, yes that means sometimes I I will have to discipline them in ways that they don't agree with. Um you know my children talking about it means no. that I um will have to like proclaim Thank you for making that clarification by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um good luck with the other... never mind. We're not going down <laughs> that road. But yes, disciplining my my children um and holding them to calling them to a higher standard and so it doesn't mean well I just let let my kids do whatever they want to do because, you know, they're not, they're not submitting to my leadership. It means, no, I continue to lead. And I would argue that the, the less that they are submitting to that leadership, the more desperately they need it. Yeah. And, right. and like leadership, not again, not the controlling, but, but the, they need to see me lay down my life for them. And, and, you know, the example that it, that we were talking about earlier um, is kind of the the trite example of the teenager, but you could argue that um, other than other than a two year old, like two to three is also a, n- a very difficult stage. Um, but teenagers are notorious for kind of rebelling against that authority, pushing back against that authority and that leadership. And so you could argue that a um, a child of that age is uh, is never less open to that leadership and influence than they are in that moment, but they are never more in need of it. Right. Absolutely. And, and so my encouragement, especially to, to fathers who are in that situation is don't, don't check out. I see a lot of dads in those situations because it is discouraging. It can be discouraging if you, um, if your spouse is an unbeliever, if your kids are not following the Lord, or even if they are and they're going to church and all that, but they're just not trusting um, in your leadership, it can it can be so tempting to just check out and just say, "Well, you know," then forget it. Don't do that. You need to press in more and serve as Christ has served and loved His church, and just pour yourself in to your family, believing that God will honor that and that down the road, you know, there there will you will maybe you will see the blessing of that whether it's in two years or five years or 20 years, or if it's in glory, but it won't, it won't return void. It won't be done in vain. You won't labor in vain. It is, it is worth it to submit yourself to Christ in that way, to continue to love them regardless of their response.
1: Man, I think that's really good. Thanks for sharing that. If you're, if you're listening to this and, and it is ringing true, that it is resonating with you, and you you feel like any of these circumstances that we have just talked through uh, are are precisely where you are, then please let us know. We want we want to be praying with you and for you. We want to be able to provide biblical counsel how we can. If you have questions, we certainly are not. Uh, as Jay mentioned several times, like this is very nuanced. There's uh, there. There's just a lot to this. And so if if this created more questions rather than providing more answers, um, we would love to hear some of those. We'd love to um, uh, not necessarily talk about them on the podcast, but to deal them <laughs> with, with you directly. <laughs> we'll invite you on the podcast. Um, yeah, That's if it. you have a podcast c- question, <laughs> yeah, by yeah, all means, that. send that too. But but if you just need someone to talk to about the things that we've discussed in this podcast, please,
0: please reach out um, because we would love to do that. You know, we touched on so many... I mean, these are some of the most for for Christ followers. We're touching on some of the most painful issues here that that can be presented. Is you know this the dynamic between husband and wife, and the dynamic between parents and children, that, and we didn't even get to the the workplace and the situations of um, of oppression or or um, power in our culture and society as a whole. Um, but all of these things, the idea that the tension between seeking justice and wanting wanting the good for for all people um, but also submitting and, and trusting in the Lord fully for that um, there's there's great tension in that. so so yeah if you if you're just unsure of how to walk through that, I think what's important as the church and we we strive to do this as a church is that we just be, have a posture of of really listening and wanting to to help people walk through that, not to give um, just easy cookie cutter answers, um, but to actually get into that and get into the trenches and say, okay, let's let's think through this, let's walk through this, let's pray through this, uh, and that is that is our desire. So yeah, if you if you are struggling with any of these things, um, then. Then make sure that you that you reach out. If you're a part of our church, reach out to us. If you're part of another church, then reach out to your leaders, to your elders. Um, if you don't have a church, if you're if you you know were given this podcast by a friend or whatever, and you're hearing this, and you don't live anywhere near us, um, you can reach out to us, and we would love to help you find a church home that can help you uh, figure out how to follow Jesus.
1: In the meantime, thanks for listening. Grace. And peace to you from God our Father.